Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, that's right. We're glad you could join us. It's time to sit back, get comfortable, talk about some weird stuff. Just chill for a while. Welcome to After Hours with the Rise Guys. Here's an Abbey Yes, sir. Whew. Yeah. Golly bum. <laughs> yeah, man. That's almost three times as fast. How, when do we officially drop it? Because, um, I mean, it's like a mess. Yeah, we can't really go any faster than that. We might next week just to, just to close it out. But if we play it backwards, we'll give away uh, bus tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, welcome to After Hours with the Rise Guys. My main, uh, my main is uh, non-existent. I have very short hair. We do. My name is Matt Man. He is not. Hey, right, thanks for joining us once again on After Hours with the Rise Guys. I think this might be episode 47. You told me not to bother with keeping count anymore. I just thought about it. I don't know. Do you label it in the, like your, your catalogs? Yeah, just I label them and by number just for uh, so I can keep up with them. Oh, okay, date and number. Dayton. Um, yeah, welcome to uh, the podcast. We really, 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 really appreciate. Oh, I really, 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 really appreciate you listening to the podcast. We really do. Yeah, it's a lot of fun for us. I'm glad y'all seem to enjoy it a lot as well. We like hearing from you about it. I didn't hear quite as many people responding to our, our uh, terrible drunk stories from last week. Now, I saw that it got a, a good many downloads, more than even some of the other episodes, but it's like people didn't want to you know, talk to us that much about our shame, apparently. Because I, I know why. We normally on here say uh, social media. Or at least contact us. We usually say that at least. Yeah, but, you know... I think it's one of those things where that age person is at the point where if they, you know how social media is, if you even said, oh, this happened 20 years ago, mm-hmm. or this happened back in the late 90s, yeah, um, mm. it, it could come back to haunt them now. Even though they were then at of age, oh, of course you're young and yeah. dumb and full of, yeah. but it could still haunt you to today. Yeah, it absolutely could, man. It's a... Yeah, I think it might be one of those things where Don't probably you? some people listened last week and got to thinking about their own stuff from back in the day. and then I depressed. And then they felt bad about it or had some guilt about it. They I just didn't need to go have a drink. Felt like, man, I'm a loser. Yeah, I got to have a drink. I ain't had one in 10 years. Here I go. Thanks, Rise Guys. Here I go. Here I go. Here so, I go again. If we made you feel bad about last week, well, by God, we're going to do it again this week. But not the same way. Okay. <laughs> Good. Because I'm just... We brought it up uh, on our morning show, the Rise Guys morning show, and, uh, you know, we didn't have enough, certainly didn't have the leeway we have here to talk about. What is the, is the, the documentary that we're going to talk about today, is it called anything other than Woodstock 99? I mean, it's titled Woodstock 99. It is part of a series. Uh, it's the first in a series called uh, Music Box. Yeah. It's uh, executive produced by Bill Simmons, formerly the Boston sports guy. Formerly of ESPN, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that Bill Simmons. Oh, I didn't realize it was going to be a series. Yeah, he also uh, was EJ's producer on the Andre the Giant HBO documentary a few years ago. 
I didn't care for that one uh, very much. Could have been better. Really, really could have. It was lacking. It was like almost two hours long, and it really was lacking and so much. The last five years was sped up into like fifteen minutes. Yeah, it was too yeah. much. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what other uh, music box. So this will be like festival concert kind of. Uh, uh, Topic-wise, stuff like I wonder what other ones they'll feature. Will they? Will they go to uh, the, the gathering of Juggalos? They may. I, that would be one I totally would love. To see. I, I don't know what else they'll do. Um, I wonder if all of them will turn into infomercials for Coachella. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it's on HBO Max, Woodstock '99. Um, oh man, I tell you, I remember. My dad oh. didn't ever really say crap about Woodstock. My mom, you know, if you know anything about my mother, never talked about any non-religious music. Yeah. Except Anne Murray. She liked Anne Murray for some reason. Mm-hmm. She was like the Ellen DeGeneres of the 70s, except Ellen can't sing. Yeah. By the way, the Music Box series, uh, Bill Simmons in his mind is like the 30 for 30 of music. Like ESPN's 30 for 30, but music-based. Oh, so it's basically his dark side of the stage. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, like that. But it'll be all it'll be like feature length documentaries and way better production. Yeah. Like the Woodstock ninety nine. It, it, I'm gonna it, do Dark Side of My Bathroom. It's gonna be a u- new uh, YouTube series I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. Now it's quite it, graphic. Here's something I'll point out too, because uh, I mean if you if you haven't seen it, great. If you have seen it, um, we're not ha- gonna spoil anything. Yeah, well I mentioned that it turns into kind of an infomercial for Coachella and well, it really spoils anything. You know what Coachella became. Um but uh, they, they they praise Coachella in the documentary. Uh, towards the end of it, and I looked up the first year they did Coachella. Mm. Uh, they lost over a million dollars, and they had an attendance between seventeen thousand and twenty thousand people per day. Now Woodstock in '99, I, I guarantee they made a lot of money at the expense of a lot of people, but they also had nearly a quarter million or quarter million people there in attendance over the weekend. So completely different scale, completely different animal, completely different thing at that at that point, and uh, it bugged me about it. I know they said in the the documentary that the city of Rome. New yeah, York, yeah. after everything was done and after they paid all these fines and cleanup and all this, they only made 200 grand as an entire city. Yeah. No. It's not bad. No, yeah. But the, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. If you think, for me, it sounds pretty good. It's like a lot of money to me, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Indio, California, or wherever, they didn't even have Coachella there the first year, wherever they had it that year. They, uh, I mean, they probably didn't notice much economic impact at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's the same. But they over also, time, yes. And Woodstock did have to die off, but it didn't die off because of that. It died off just because. Because it was this accepted thing. The documentary does lay it out that, I mean, it it, it depends on what your age is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, listening to this, um, but my parents never romanticized. Woodstock, like I knew of it, but mm-hmm. not them talking about it. Like my dad liked some of the music that yeah. was played there, but uh, but what they do say in the documentary is that the the media and movies and all this stuff have made this out to be this such a peaceful, loving festival of just music and peace. And it was a mess, though. It was a mess. It was a total mess. Yeah. I mean, not just from the mud and all that stuff, whatever it was, but. You know, the, the, I mean, this is historical. Like, you know, there were there were there was people who died at Woodstock '69. Oh yeah, there was, was rapes. There was yeah, a lot, a lot of sexual assault, a lot of theft. At least two people died. They don't know for sure how many. Three cell phones were stolen at Woodstock '69 <laughs> from from time travelers. <laughs> I was going to see if you're going to agree with every damn thing I said. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> the only things I knew about that were that uh, 
that uh, that my mother had uh, earlier in her life known uh, Jeremy Spencer, who was the original guitar player for Fleetwood Mac. So I knew that, and I knew uh, some of the music just from mainly my mom talking a little bit about it. Did Fleetwood Mac play Woodstock? I believe so. I don't remember. No but way. I, But it, that's what made me familiar with that sort of music. That's what gave me an interest in it. Yeah. They may have been there. I, I'm not sure. I've, I saw that documentary, the really long one about Woodstock 69, that... Again, that's where the romance came from was that documentary because it was very slanted to make it look good. Yeah. Have you ever seen Woodstick 69, the porno? I have. It's rough, dude. I have, man. This Janis Joplin lady. Wow. Yeah. And that dude, Barry. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's what made me kind of discover that kind of music. And then I saw that documentary as a teenager. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it seemed cool. The hippie stuff seemed cool. Then... But even as a teenager, I started getting more into it, what was going on in San Francisco and hate Asbury and Woodstock and all the, just how nasty, filthy, grimy, criminal it was, too. Uh, what do you, criminal? Well, just a bunch of people, like, being drugged and raped and, and oh, yes. yeah, just all kind of stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, That's people where being I, exploited, used, sex trafficking was a big thing in those communities, too. Timothy it, it, Leary. T- sex trafficking existed forever. It's not just something that started two years ago. Using religion to rape women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, you know, the hallucinations. And men, and too, probably. People just ruining their minds, like, permanently ruining their minds. People dying. Basically, people living like Gen A. And then Forrest Gump, too, man, because I came out when I was, like, 10 years old, so that definitely helped me get into, like, all that sort of music and introduced me to Credence and everything I loved. Yeah. But, yeah, and I had, like, my my Grateful Dead summer. Yeah. Where I I guess that was 94. Would have been your Dazed and Confused summer. Yeah. But it's so weird how you go back. Even Woodstock 94 was, like, wild and crazy. But five years later what happened to society and, and like yeah. america like music fest or festivals yeah. in general and they don't point out in the uh, the woodstock 99 documentary any of the bad stuff about woodstock 94 they completely make it seem like it was cool and it was fine and it was lilith fair they don't point out that green day was on there and the people were throwing mud at them and they realized oh while they're on stage that the mud was actually Poop. Billy Joe said it. I can remember the caca, direct quote. Caca. It's poop. It's shit. It's caca. I said you're throwing shit. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Because I had the import CD of yeah. the whole concert. Yeah, ride. I was trying to remember what order he said them in, but yeah, he said, yeah, that's that's exactly what he said. Dun, 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 but dun. even the mud in 94 was the same way. So 94 wasn't all good. 69 wasn't all good. 94 was not good. 99 is arguably worse than 94. Might not have been as bad as 69. Might have been worse. I can't think of a music festival that I've ever been to where it was good the whole time. No. In that's... fact, I can tell you where it was dark, disparagingly, well, not disparagingly, uh, bleak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was miserable. And now More that I was entertained and, and having a, a blissful time. And now you go to these things and it's very dystopian feeling to me when you go to a music festival nowadays because it's yeah. so big and corporate and encased and yeah it's just a, oh man even like the first aid has a sponsor i hate them i hate festivals i i, I, I don't want to go see now your headline band at a festival play an hour and a half maybe two hours get a full headline set in um but every other band there is going to play an abbreviated set no more than an hour at most i would much rather just go see two or three bands than spend a day or a weekend seeing a bunch of stuff i don't really care about it's like compilation porn like you don't want to see a series of money shots. No. Right? You no. want to see 
I want to actually enjoy a scene. Yeah. yeah. You want to have the entire scene from doorbell to climax. Yeah, I don't just want to. I don't want you up there playing a medley. That's why I think the Super Bowl halftime show sucks. It's not a concert. It's twenty minutes of a medley. It's like seventeen minutes of a medley. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Plus, and I, I'm I'm wondering, is it because we're uh, heavy set guys that we? But I bet you, even young, fit like dudes and girls and stuff, they got to be measurable also. Well, see, I don't think it's just that the, the, just because I'm husky that uh, that, I, that I don't want to go stand out on black tarmac for 18 hours sweating to death. That was the other so thing. I don't want to sweat my nuts off all day and all night. It sucks. It's no good for anybody. And it, if I wasn't fat, I'd still sweat when it's 110 degrees on the blacktop. The Woodstock 99 was at a former Air Force base. Uh, Griffiths. Not Griffiths. 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 Yeah. And literally, you walk on the tarmac. Of, so think about that. If you're from the Greenville area, upstate South Carolina area, think about Freedom Weekend Aloft in the oh. 80s. That's what this was. It was basically Woodstock at Donaldson Center. But you, from stage to stage, Jesus, from stage to stage, it's one mile. Yeah, almost a full water. mile apart. Almost exactly a full water mile. Water in 1999, $4 a bottle. And the thing about it is you think, well, $4 a bottle is not that bad, especially not by now. It might not even been that bad back then, but the beer was 4 or $5, too. Same so everybody price. just drank beer. Nobody drank water because if they're the same price, what would you do? You know, that's something they don't teach you in school. You're young and dumb. That they really should. What? I know they drink don't want to teach alcohol, but yeah, like, if if you're a twenty something or whatever mm-hmm. at a con- or even a thirty forty something, and you see water four dollars, beer four five dollars, you're gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna get refreshed and I'm gonna get a buzz. Yeah, but you beer. don't you don't know the the you know the chemistry behind it. Yeah. What's actually dehydrating you? Yeah, yeah, that's something. That, Unhydrating. That's which what would it be? Dehydrating. Thank you. Yeah. That's something that, you know, you should learn. And I learned a lot of stuff like that just because my mom had been a nurse. And so I had a, I had an unfair advantage in that. How I wound up fat, we'll never know. she teach you how to make ayahuasca? No. Uh. Mm, the internet did that. Uh. <laughs> Anarchist cookbook? Yeah. But, yeah, it was just, I mean, it was a mess. Another thing, if you remember, uh, I mean, it, it, it's like 25 times the size, or, yeah, 25 times the size of the Corn and Rob Zombie show at, in Greenville in the late 90s. And it went on for three days, and it was very much like that, but even worse. That was the biggest spectacle I've rock and roll spectacle. Still to this day, you want to talk about rock and roll, like whatever your idea of rock and roll show is. Mm-hmm. That was it for me. Yeah, there was a food fight. Yeah, there was then when people ran out of food to throw. There was a article of clothing fights and mm-hmm. uh, programs. There was. A cage full of people. Yeah, most of them girls, scantily clad. Most on the, of them the corn cage, scantily clad. Yeah, and then up in the box there was these two buxom ladies who had removed their tops. Yeah, they were in one of the the luxury suites, the VIP suites, because back then you couldn't do anything without plenty of the objectification of women. And we're it was saying a staple that of American two culture. dudes who love the hell out of women. Yeah, man, love it. You know, love it. But back then it was. I mean, it was it, it. It wasn't just like the you know. You use the word objectification. You might even think about like you know Playboy or something, which has always been a little on the higher end, especially back in the day. Or even you, you know, you look up like these. See the new Playboy. These in, entirely classy actresses from the 1950s, and they have these just beautifully artsy nude photo spreads all over the internet now spreads. that you never knew existed. Yeah. Um, but at, at that point, it was in the late 90s. It was very much exploitation, and it just was. It it took a dark turn somewhere in there. Well, the, the, those ladies that that we're talking about at this particular concert at the 
Corn Rob Zombie show yeah. in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, the cameraman for Corn, because they had a big uh, you know screen behind yeah, them, big camera video, obviously. Went to the the yeah the video camera. Uh, went and zoomed in on these ladies who mm-hmm. then realized and then they started performing even more to yeah. the fact that nobody was watching the concert they were we were watching uh, amateur porn yeah yeah and that's a weird thing it. that's a weird thing weird, too. Though. i mean yeah you, at the time it was that's what was fun and uh i mean not that it still isn't fun it's just it's kind of different now because it did have it just kind of had that dark kind of mood to it really for some reason it was weird in that in that you know you you came to expect it and the the the, the women knew it was expected of them, and if they, if it was expected of them, they were more likely to do it. So you had to stop expecting it of them in order to stop it. It just got to a weird place, man. Well, all, but, but this was when this was like right on the cusp of girls going wild, which was definitely definitely very dark. Yes, and there's a previous episode of this podcast that you should check out. I don't know which episode it was on, but we talk about the one and only time we ever partnered with Girls Going Wild, Joe Francis, for a Clemson. Uh, appearance that we did that i god bless america that was it was such a okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I mean, look, at the time, it was just like, oh, crap, this is wild. There's nudity all around and all this stuff. But then you look back at it and it's like really crazy. And what they do on the Woodstock 99 documentary... um, they they show the girls in slow motion body surfing, mm-hmm. and you see in slow motion where the hands are going and, yeah. and the aggressiveness and the looks on these guys' faces. Oh yeah, like there's some kind of savage beast monster trying to grab flesh to eat. It was like a zombie scene from a movie, man. Yeah. It really, it's like a zombie movie with these things, and that's it's an interesting thing because they, they 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 do highlight in the documentary how inexplicably angry the young men were at that point. And you think about it, these guys are now in their like anywhere between their late thirties and early to mid fifties. By God, they still pissed off about something and I can't figure out what it is. I mean it's that's the angriest bunch of people in America right there. Dudes between their late thirties and early mid fifties, they're just furious all the time. I don't know why this is mad. What the hell's that supposed to mean? I don't you tell me what it means. We can know what that's supposed to mean. 
Yeah, why? Well, I, I don't get there it. There is a little tinge of that, for yeah, sure. Yeah, there definitely is. They're definitely back then, just angry and aggressive, and that, they still are aggressive. And then, well, you know, I was going to say it, it was encouraged a because make it some kind of uh, mental note on this yeah. airbrushing. But before that, mm-hmm. you remember one time we won't say where, but we did an appearance somewhere, and this guy pulled us over to the side with his, his quote old lady and says, "Hey guys, check out her new titties." Yeah, and she pulls them out. And we're mm-hmm. in the corner of a restaurant, Nani and I, yeah. and he's like, touch them, feel them. Yeah. And we're like, what? And she's like, no, go ahead. And It's uncomfortable, dude. That's uncomfortable as hell. I didn't end up doing it. He took your hand and pushed it in, but you quickly yeah, yeah. grabbed it away after like five or ten minutes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it was uh, it, there was that time. I, I don't know. And I think part of it truly. Whole scenes is uncomfortable. Just for me now is when... When I became a dad, I said, I didn't feel comfortable with, especially having a daughter, mm-hmm. with doing appearances at gentlemen's clubs. I just thought, like, it'd be weird for my kid to hear, hey, dad's going to be at a negative yeah. club. So I didn't do it. And I think looking back now at that time, knowing where my frame of mind was then, yeah. that's so weird to me to think that that could have, you know, that's, that's just wild. It's a, it's a maturity level. On some levels... I've dematured, mm-hmm. immatured, but at other levels, I've I've matured more. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's just a different time and a totally different world too. And you think about the, you see, I mean, even politically speaking, nowadays you see these guys who feel very threatened, like something's being taken away from them. And they came of age in a time where it was much wilder than it is now. Like back then, you know, they they, they do see things being taken away from them, and it's strange that I never realized how they felt like that until I, I watched that Woodstock '99 documentary to see how they used to live. And they, I mean, they could do whatever they wanted. They could do whatever they wanted to whoever they wanted, and it was fine. And that gender, I mean, it was just how it was back then. Yeah. It really was that whole frat boy thing. I mean, they did what they wanted, who they wanted, and there was never any trouble about it. Very rarely any trouble about it, unless they really went overboard, like somebody got seriously somebody died. hurt or died that year, or was in a coma or something. Then they'd get in trouble. But anything short of somebody dying, they just got away with it. It somebody wasn't even they, they didn't get arrested. They didn't go to court. Nothing. There were no ramifications whatsoever. Uh. And now that. And those guys are probably running are, businesses now. Yeah, now that generation of people, they're like 20 years older now, and they feel like that has been taken away from them. And it should have been taken away from them. It's just, it clicked in my head, like, why they're still so angry in the way they are and why they feel like something's being taken away, because they used to be able to get away with anything short of murder, and now they can't anymore. But do you see any kind of algorithm or timeline to that, like the 70s, kind of the same way, pull it back in? Politically correctness, open it back up, mm-hmm. pull it back in, and that the temperament that that causes with, especially the male psychology, the way it keeps happening, the up and downs. Yeah, like you look at the Me Too movement, right when that started, boom, bottom falls out of something yep. else. We're not back to it. Yep, and it's like this, this opening and closing of and, and what that does to the other side. It's almost like the yin to the yang over and over yeah. again. Well, it, it happened, man, because it, it, I think the 90s was such a rebellion and so sexual because, I mean, you got the president in there with, with Monica Lewinsky, who's a great example of the way things used to be then. I mean, Dude. that girl got drugged through the mud for years over that. And like what Kid Rock said, I, I never saw that. Like I, I said the other day, I didn't see the, or hear about this until the documentary. Yeah. But he comes out and straight up like says, he calls her by name and says she is nothing but a whore and Bill Clinton is a pimp. Mm-hmm. 
And you got to think about all the tumult there too, man. Because after you had like World War II, and then that was you know, then you had what through the fifties, then the sixties, and you get into Kennedy assassination and Vietnam, and then that shaped a lot of these people as they grew up, and then had kids who went on to be those kids. So that that shaped a lot of Generation X was those those events going through there. But then by the time you get to the eighties, where are we? Just say no, Ronald Reagan, an actor in the White House, and really America in the eighties was on one hand you had a lot Glutton. of excess gluttony and a lot of. Fake family values sort of bullshit. Lifestyles are the rich and famous. Yeah, yeah. A lot of fake family values. Uh, like uh, the, the rise Corn. of uh, evangelism was big then. Yeah. You know, the the, the fear of uh, the backwards Judas Priest songs and oh, all that man, stuff. And then, and then by the 90s, where did we go? We took the commercialism of the 80s and we were just strictly off the deep end that way. Politically correct. Yeah, and we really lost kind of our, our identity into a sense, our decency, because we were just mass consumers by then and then that was right at the, the dawn of the internet becoming available to pretty much everybody it was just a big time of change like but can't you know i, I can't like i don't have a pen on me or, or but there's a total a- algorithm to that mm-hmm. and i bet you if you somehow laid it out with the economy you would see the parallels yeah we got to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, the 20s were, were pretty risque. The 30s, the Depression, then into the war, that kind of lasted for a while. And then back into the 50s, what happens? Then you have the rise of Playboy magazine, and you have the rise of it's okay to be Rock naked. and roll and then, music. And then through the 60s, you, you have the, the conflict between Vietnam and the, the, the peace cells hippies, and then like free love and all this, and bra burning Dude. and all that stuff, man. And then in the 70s, we just... Pretty much had gone from the free love. We we you dropped some of the same protests. We dropped in the seventies after Vietnam. We dropped all the peace, love, and happiness and free love stuff. We kept the drugs though. And then we started doing disco. And then we decided that sucked. So nine eleven was our bring together, and then this is the fall apart. Yeah, and then after nine eleven, it was a much more conservative time in this country too. Um, and it kind of it well, it had to be because it went too far off the deep end so again because it could turn into like a rape culture. That means good times are, are upon us then. Hopefully. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I want to get back to the '80s then. Because if we're in the '70s now on the algorithm, I want to get to the '80s. But see, we've gotten back into that fake family values kind of stuff, and that's what we don't need because that makes problems. And it is very much fake family values. You know it is because these politicians are all cheating on their wives with other dudes and stuff. And meanwhile, you know they condemn gays, but you know they're running around with other guys. Well, I was going to say sure that, but just even on a uh, they condemn abortion. How many have they paid for though? A peon level of people, you know, you see your your friends, uh, you know, whatever your, their family photos on on social media, and you're like, look at them, they look perfect. Yeah, they're smiling. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. now it's that Instagram fake family value stuff, man. And then man. you get that, yeah. and you're like, what a show. Yeah. I'm perfectly happy with y'all, but why can't you look as good as their family? And the evangelism gave way to what? Mega churches, and in the mega church, you know what? You don't like, and, and, and also, bigger, faster. You don't know anybody. You might know a few people, but back in when you used to go to church back in the day when you were a kid, your family everybody. knew everybody in that whole church. Now you go to mega church, you don't hardly know anybody. You just have to sit there and smile in a room full of strangers and think you look normal. I don't know who to like and who to not like. Yeah, so see, we're kind of back in that spot now, and we might be coming out of it, but maybe not. But man, it all, every time we go that way, it breeds problems because it's this tug of war of culture between Tugga. this real, like, you know, more religious, conservative way, and then this more liberated, sexual kind of way. Well, I mean, so, well, I don't know. I think we're a mix of both now, Ben. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like how there's no mainstream anymore. Mm-hmm. It, there's there's room for both, and we kind of sort of figured that out now that the Internet really made the world so much smaller. Well, that and you well, also... Well, it's a sociology discussion from hell, didn't it? Well, not meaning to either, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things that, like, 
you know, people would say, well, you grow as a person, but you could, I think it's, it's a, a, a person is pretty big to be able to say, to look back at the way they acted mm-hmm. and say, you know what, what a, what a fool. I'm embarrassed by that. Yeah. It's one thing to be embarrassed by stupid pictures. Like, yeah. With a mullet like I had. Yeah, but your way I of thinking. Habit, right? You actually, to be your embarrassed by the way you thought of something, the way you looked at something, your opinion of something. And it's yes. also this thing, man, where there's still this big thing in our society where, you, yeah, and you remember like the John Kerry Swift boat flip flop, all that stuff, oh, yeah. right? Well, it's that is that was there before and that's still there now where you're not allowed to change your mind. Once you have formed an opinion on something, you're not allowed to change your mind when you have new information. You're not allowed to change your mind when you're a little older and a little wiser and you've thought about it from different perspective. They'll do the side-by-sides. Here he is in 1989, but he listened to what he says today. Which lobbyist got hold of him? Yeah, and then you just say, well, no, I just, you know, there's new information now, this, this, and this. Yeah. So I I used that, and I'm a little older and a little wiser, and I looked at it from the other side, and yeah, I was wrong. And they say, no, you're a liar. But you're just being as honest you. as you can be. You're an informant now. Yeah, yeah, because we're all so damn paranoid for some reason. Angry and paranoid, man. A lot, a lot, a lot of that. Yeah. Not that there hasn't always been, but it just the internet fuels it. Well, the the the, the interesting thing about the Woodstock '99, uh, they they paint this picture like this holier than thou, like MTV. I don't, again. It's brand new, I think. It just came out this past Friday or something. Yeah, it just came out last week. Um, so I don't want to say too much about it, but... came out, what, towards the middle of July of uh, 2021, depending on when you're listening to this in the future? Yeah, and, you know, you obviously, I'm very unlikely that you attended it or even saw it, but you you remember back to that time, and you're like, what the hell was, like, what was going on? Like... Why was Limp Bizkit the most popular rock band in the world? I that did show not. that show was a disaster for one reason because it happened at the absolute peak of Limp Bizkit's popularity. I I I cannot, you know, that's one thing that they talk about in there that that Limp Bizkit was number 1 TRL. Yeah. I I I guess I just was not into MTV at that time. I was oh, into yeah. Biscuit and Corn. Mm-hmm. I loved them. <laughs> I'm still okay to say that about Corn. But I can't believe that that what that tie turned that fast yeah. from boy bands into the new metal. Yeah, yeah. Well, hell, you, you always told the story too. That they were on the show, Corn and Biscuit both. But you tell the story about Corn in the Chicken Head Room backstage that time in Greenville. Oh yeah, and that was when that was at the Rob Zombie show, right? With the Chicken Head Room, same time. Uh, or a later a few that years was later. A, yeah, that was a, that wasn't Follow the Leader. That was uh, uh, issues or whatever was next. Yeah, yeah. So the, anyway, but they were headlining. That's, I mean, that's where we were then, man. They were not even trying to hide it. That these were girls that they had sent the merch guys out to yeah. look for hot girls to say, hey, you want to meet Corn? And you come in this room and then chicken head. Yeah, 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 exactly. That was, I mean, these these are girls who were here for us to have sex with. That's what that was. And that's, I mean, you know, that's, look, that was, that, was, that happened in the 80s, but not quite that kind of in your face about it you know what i mean they right. didn't just like assemble them all in a room and go in and pick out the couple they wanted it was more i would say it was all it was even more organic then and it was just kind of and by then it kind of turned into like livestock instead of like you know these hot girls that you want you want to hook up with it's more like you're looking at them like like livestock livestock 99 yeah it, it's, it, yeah it became more like that it just became kind of gross man you know what's weird though is like all Plus, guys in corner all kind of gross too I can't. I wouldn't want to mess with no, him. No, no, no. <laughs> or Rob Zombie. Uh-uh. But He's cleaner than them, though. 
think about some of the, you know, not just about this documentary, but you've you've always heard the stories of, you know, some of these famous groupies would tell all these stories, and they would talk about how they had to work their way backstage. Yep, and they would have to service roadies. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, roadies or a tour manager or somebody, yeah, give a little hum hum on the ding ding to yeah. the, the merch guy just to be able Sound to tech somebody to get back through. And it's like you're trying to play this level of a game to finally the you leveled up to the final uh level. And look, there he is, there's, there's Vince Neal, Vince Neal, or, or, is that Vince Neal or at Woodstock '99? It would have been, hey, look, I finally, finally get to Fred Durst. Is that Vince Neil or Greg the Hammer Valentine? Which can't, level am I on? Can't tell now, man. <laughs> oh, God. At this point, you get back there to Vince, you'd rather, oh, man, where's that roadie? Where's the roadie at? I'd I'm like go to go home uh, with him now. Yeah. I'm back here. <laughs> I'm not done with you, Mr. Roadie. Uh, yeah, so it was just, but I mean, you think about even back then in 99, man, one thing that really struck me about it is thinking back is you always think of Dave Matthews as somebody who's more on the, 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 liberal open-minded progressive side yeah but even in 1999 dave matthews on stage talking about an abundance of titties uh, the way he said it his yeah. cadence was great yeah i mean back then it was just it was it was so far removed from where we are now as a society it's bizarre thanks for reminding me yeah the airbrushing that was the thing that while i didn't go to woodstock 99 i went to ozfest 2000 yeah and there was a booth there that was called a direct quote airbrush titties yeah they and, had that at all the Ozfest for years and they would they had this little kind of petitioned off but you knew where to stand you could sit there and watch the whole thing i can't yeah. tell you how many i sat through and even when they're airbrushed you still you can see them you can, you can see, see boobs and for some reason i don't know if they gave them maybe the airbrush artist could only do dogs maybe uh as far as <laughs> that's what you always saw just like that that's one picture that was floating around online it was like the first meme ever was like the 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 uh, the droopy dog boobies, yes. like basset hound boobies. Yeah, but so all the not girls, that they were boobies, just had a basset, basset hound on them. They weren't that droopy. What if you know, like, if you're Vince Neil, mm-hmm. and you look down and you see a girl's uh, airbrushed titties that look like your face, yeah. I, I, what an honor that would be. But instead, it's a dog. You it look is, out there and you see a, a sea of droopy dogs, and oh, maybe that's a Captain Caveman. I hope is that Snoopy. That's Droopy. Yeah. Yeah, Droopy was there. Droopy was well represented. Yeah. That's Poopy back there waiting in line. Yeah, and that's, again, not to say that, they, that, they, that you know, the, the, the ladies were Droopy. It's just the dog was. It was but. Basset hound. But, on the other hand, Terrifying. and I'm saying this in case there's some uh, families that may want to go watch this with their children, mm-hmm. there's also some dicks in this thing. Yeah, like. Yeah, like the promoter for one, he was. He a was a real jerk. Yeah, he was. I, that that guy, he kept trying to blame it on on everybody else. The one who yeah. looks like John Taffer from Bar Rescue, he took no accountability for anything that went wrong. He would shut everybody down at the press conferences, and even now, twenty two years later, he's still like, nope, didn't do nothing wrong. But was was he trying to say, hey, flee, put your penis away? I don't think so. He was flea was I don't know the entire concert, the entire uh, set with Most red, red hot chili peppers completely nude. Yeah. And then there were guys that were walking around completely nude mm-hmm. and they're not airbrushed. No, they're just naked. They're just naked. Do you think that any woman walked by and gave it a honk? I mean, I look, I doubt it. It would, I mean, I'm sure it happened at some point over the weekend, but not, not to the same extent. Well, remember there was one girl who said show she had it like 
drawn on her on her chest and said, "Show us your D's." Yeah, you know. Well, I think you know it's just because you get you do something like that because you get sick of hearing it from them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But these guys, they would. Okay. They would. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely would. I mean, you said I could, so I did. But dudes still do that. They just now they they won't do it to your face. They'll just, I mean, you know, <laughs> they they send it to every woman's <laughs> inbox on social media. If you get they, they're in every woman's DMs, just pictures of them with it flopped out in their lap. They thought that's what the D stood for in yeah. the DMs. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you a diggling message yeah, right now. That's exactly what it is, man. It's dude. It's, Strange world we've lived in, man, and it's it's changed there's so much. There's never a good a good. Uh, I mean, you you have to say you there's have a, to, never a good angle. There's never no, a good angle no, for no. it. I've tried it even like from what the floor angle. Look, oh gosh, the it's carnage. useful, but it ain't much to look at. All right, that's it looks just like how the they are. Bottom of an old boat. There's no good angle. It's not meant to be looked at. It's not meant to be looked at. <laughs> I was screaming barnacles. Yeah, yeah. Man, oh. I, but then you watch that Woodstock documentary. It'll kind of you'll be kind of proud of where we've come from then. You'll be kind of proud of the, the direction we've taken since then and how far we've kind of... I mean, we've really made some good progress since then as far as being decent in a lot of ways. And I know people now who... Uh, the, you know, a lot of people are really down on like OnlyFans girls and sex work and that kind of stuff. Those are the same people who were... The same, the same age range and the same people who were all about that Woodstock oh. stuff we've been talking about. It's just that they don't like it because now... They got to pay for it. They got to pay for it. And the, the, the women's bodies are theirs and not theirs mm-hmm. the, the bodies of these women belong to these women and not these men right but it used to be more seen that the bodies of these women were here for these men to enjoy but now yeah if you want to pay them for it because it's her body and they hate that so much and they look down on it and they call them all kind of bad words for it so did they, like the original strippers in america did they not get money for lap dances you're just like hey get over here and give me a lap dance i'm not giving you two bits i have absolutely no idea in the whole world man I know I've seen an old picture. His mustache rides were still five cents back then. Yeah. Inflation's never gotten to it. No, never did. Never did. After it's, all these years. Mustache rides and drugs have been the same price since the 70s somehow. Is that strange, right? Strangest thing. Man. Drugs, too? Absolutely. They don't get more expensive. It's always the same price. That's not true. No, well, drugs, if anything, get cheaper. Like, like you, like, okay, you used to pay when, a, when you say drugs, drugs, are you talking about... I've read about this. The price of a gram of cocaine now is about the same as it was in the 1980s. If anything, you used to pay $100 or $120 for a quarter bag of weed. Now you go out and get an ounce for a couple hundred. Hmm. And that's in non-legal states like this one. Really? Because I talk to people. I know people who do it. Yeah, they you did a survey recently. You know, I'm an investigative reporter. Polar. So I ask some questions. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I mean, the price that's, is... That's yeah, I mean, I know in the early 2000s around here, you'd pay... If you wanted something real good, it'd be 120 bucks for a quarter. Seven, uh, what, seven and a half, seven grams. Yeah, and I have no idea. Seven grams, yeah, that's seven and a half, three and a half, and eight, seven quarter. Uh, I had to remember my metric system. I yeah. trust my guy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a guy. So, the, uh, but yeah, but now it used to be $120 for seven grams. Now you can go out and spend 220 for 28 Yeah. Clearly a much better deal. Hmm. Buy more and save, too, but it's not just Do that. they have like Costco's of weed out in Denver? I don't like know about Costco. Bulk it up. I mean, not that br- that 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 brand. Most of the dispensaries I've seen look more like Apple stores than Costco. They look so pretentious. They're like, I would feel like I would not be dressed up to. Yeah, go they're, in. they're very much boutiques, man. They're reefer boutiques. Yeah. Oh, you have to have an appointment. Yeah, but dude, imagine the, the imagine somebody showing up to like Woodstock '99 because that's when somebody would have shown up. I mean, not just one person in a crowd of two hundred fifty thousand people. A bunch of people would have, but these rare individuals peppered throughout that crowd. Who had some of that good BC bud or some Northern Lights or some AK forty seven, bro? 
Like they would have been it because everybody else back then just had brickweed. I how did that uh, how did that like where do the people that had that because I remember like yeah. way back then you every once in a while something would come through and there people like look at it yeah. it's purple and I would be like I don't know if I should mess with it or not because it's purple I've yeah. never seen that but then it would be the most amazing stuff ever where was that grown specifically that a lot of it came out of British Columbia that's why it was often called BC but and I mean California started obviously it just it was a natural progression it took a long time to get out here. Wow. To get to the towards the east coast, especially the south. Like legalized tattoos. Yeah, because yeah. think about. I mean, back then, there's look, there's people now who will tell you that one of the bigger cities in South Carolina, at least one of them, the city police Lyman. department totally looked the other way. Kidding. about about cannabis, about your marijuana. Really? Yeah. Um, I was saying this one, Greenville. You um, shouldn't have. It's still uh, it's still against the it's still against the law, obviously, but it's just not. Not a priority, but back back in the '90s, it was very much a priority to bust people's asses for weed. Yeah, <laughs> but like in Texas, so that's a felony. Yeah, a lot of things are, yeah. and a lot of things aren't. Now you can shoot somebody in the back, probably oh, get away with it. Yeah. But just drag them back in the house or whatever. I mean, shoot them in the back, probably get away with it. They're trying yeah. to run away, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, you probably get away with that. But then yeah, there's other things. That's you know strange that's, state that Texas got a lot all, of good things, a lot of bad things about it. That's a, a very interesting point. Like the the inflation of everything but drugs, everything but drugs and mustache rides. And I think like hookers have been about the same price too, is my understanding. What is what? Okay, I have no. What what's an average hooker charge for one hour? I, I mean, no I don't know if they clue. even typically charge by the hour. It's more about just the session. You know, to, yeah, for that's a session. not fair. Well, I mean, how long is it going to take, dude? Well, if I okay, think about this. I'm for an being, hour, what are you going to do for the last forty five minutes? I'm, I'm being very frank with you. If I if I'm to the point where I feel like I have to pay for it, um, I'm gonna the first time is gonna be really really fast. So you don't need to sit around this person for 57 minutes. You don't want to talk to I'm him. I'm gonna sit there and have her talk dirty to me to work up another one. You probably gotta pay twice for that. Well, then again, I, I would leave her a bad review. Again, it's not about the time; it's about the. Uh, I would leave her a bad review on Gulp. Like, are you? Are you not? You're not. <laughs> that was funny. You're not paying for the time. What are you buying? You're not buying an hour of her time. You're buying a. You're getting off. That's what you're paying for. So if you do it twice, you pay twice. That makes perfect sense. Is that really the rule of hookering? It should be. If it ain't, maybe I need to be a pimp. You just going to say, dude? You should be a madam or a pimp. A pimp probably be my thing more yeah. so than a madam. Um, you should be a sir. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's yeah those things. I mean I'm sure that, that typically on average what. Hundred, couple hundred bucks somewhere in that window, probably average. I don't know. It's just what I've seen browsing back page ads over the years, back when they had that. Because we used to talk about that a good bit on our show, and I'd, I'd always do away. a lot of lot of research. A lot of research. On I've it. never, I've never done business with a lady of the night. I promise you, I Me haven't. Neither. I would, if I had, I would tell you. Yeah. There was that one thing where. I'd- Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. been married before so kinda there was that one thing at that club that time my 18th birthday but i that wasn't my money that was we that was a gofundme yeah some people took go fund me didn't exist well of of 
cash. Yeah, Throw anyway, in. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I've never it was done actually that. Never, there. never entertained the idea. But I, again, I, I know a lot of information about this stuff. That's why I know so much about how much all these things cost because the information's available on the internet, and I'm curious. What's the average? Let's say seven. Oh, I hate to even do this, but I'm doing this just for entertainment purposes. Okay. A girl that America would say is a 7 out of 10. I have no idea. Same price range probably. I don't no, no, know. no. But I mean like on OnlyFans. In other words, to me, if if I'm not a go out there, a go-getter, I'd sit at home and just and go to town on myself uh, on OnlyFans. And the, well, the thing is with, with OnlyFans or a one-on-one session with a hooker probably, the general consensus 7 out of 10 don't matter. What is she to you? That's the only thing that matters is what is she to you? She a 6? She a 9? What is it? 69. But just the general consensus of a 7 doesn't exist when there's only two well, people involved. I'm trying to just get a rate card yeah. for OnlyFans, girls. But even you I've think, never done that either. But that's why, again, man, you, I can't I can't like say, oh, yeah, she's a 7 because, again, there's no mainstream anymore. Everything's in a well, niche. So true. a 7 to me might be a 2 to you. Okay. A she, 7 to you might be a 3 to me. Okay, that's true. Because yeah, there is no general consensus on these things. Uh, it's very subjective. Well, I know. I was just trying to get a rate card. Well, I mean, I is there a OnlyFans for heavyset guys sit around and tell funny jokes? Dude, if anybody wanted to pay to see me naked, they'd be doing it. Because I'd let them. The fact is, I have no audience card. for that. There's no, there's no audience for that. I don't have a rate card because there's no audience. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't develop a rate card until somebody was willing to pay me something. You know Come what I mean? Come on, get your self-esteem up. <laughs> I, I, no, and I would pay. How much? How much you got? <laughs> no, you paying me, man. I'm paying you. You know what? Thank God that uh, you're not having to pay for this. No, I think it's been fun entertaining today. It's been a today. fun show today. When I say yeah. you, I was talking to you listening right yeah, now. Yeah, we talked about- We realize you're still there. All kind of sociological stuff today. It's well- Kind of went different different routes, but man, it was good. I feel good about- I hate the word woke because people don't truly, truly, truly know what that means. But I'm glad that we have the mindfulness I'm glad we're more decent. Back. Decent? Yeah. We're we're not well. This is we're not resting on any kind of crutch. We're just saying not we're guilty of the way it was back yeah. then, and it's it's striking and uh, kind of odd that you were. In, uh, we all were just in this different light. Yeah, man, it's very very odd to think how indecent kind of society was. And I'm then. talking about Limp Bizkit being the number one song yeah. in the, the country. Yeah, I mean now you go to these EDM man. shows and there's people walking around with like raccoon tails that are attached to butt plugs, and nobody's yanking on them. They're just letting them have fun and do their thing, that and was, it's cool. But oh, back man. in 99, if you did that, you'd have been in trouble. No kidding. You'd have been in a world of trouble. People yeah, would be bad. taking them and putting them other places. Yeah, 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 God absolutely. Bless. And now, it's, I mean, we've, we've gotten a lot more decent. Even where we're wild, we're more decent about it. Somehow, some way. Because EDM shows are wild, and there's a lot of nudity, but nobody's getting groped. And a lot of... I'm, and I mean, some bad things happen, but by and large, it isn't a problem like that. By and large, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize there were actual all-night trance EDM shows going on at Woodstock 99. Oh, yeah, they called them raves still, they bro. They called them raves. Raves, yeah. yeah it's when trees. DJs would still show their faces and not feel like they were on Mystery Singer. Yeah, and probably someone actually did something, too. So Mist- I just play pre-recorded tracks and play with stuff like that, then do something. Yeah. <laughs> That's the easiest job in the world. Play a pre-recorded track, pretend you're doing stuff. All of them. Do- Every one and of them. Dude, I saw All that happen recently where it was supposed to be one of those... Where the song spins backwards and it sounds like it was scratching and yeah. the DJ was not even near the, the pulpit yeah, or whatever it was called. Well, the best DJ job in the world is either that or or the guy they talk about in the Woodstock documentary who is on stage with every new metal band and he doesn't do anything other than a wiki wiki in every song. Oh, they were talking about Uncle Cracker. Oh, yeah. They are talking about him and uh, yeah. Limp Biscuits DJ and a bunch of them had DJs and they didn't do much of anything besides wiki wiki. 
DJ Lethal. Yeah, that's DJ Lethal. I don't know how you pulled that out of your ass. Well, uh, it, it was a raccoon tail. It was. <laughs> See what it did? Yeah. This has been fun. This has been a lot I of fun. I thought at the beginning this would be de- depressing to think about, but it's kind of like, yeah, you're right. This is uh, the light at the end of the tunnel of people just being nicer to each other and not being so... Because really, to be honest with you, it makes dudes come off real bad. It does, but... Dudes were real bad then. They were real bad. I was a dude then. I remember. I was real bad a dude. Everybody was bad dudes then. Yes. Not like the video game either. No. Thank you so much for listening. If you do enjoy this podcast, please uh, like it and share it. Leave a review and uh, and comment to us. You can yeah, let us know if we're right. If you if you agree. If you disagree. If we're wrong, tell us. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at O Matthew. That's O H M A F F E W. Tweet me, at Nueve, because I figured the Twitter audience is more likely to not cuss me for what I've said today. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Uh, For Jimmy Jack Jackie, I am Matthew, and that is After Hours. This has been After Hours with the Rives Guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Get out. Time to close the doors on another episode. After Hours with the Rise Guys. Subscribe on Radio.com and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Pass it around to your family and friends and other P1s. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 